Welcome back to Dice Bros Podcast. I am here today with the original D&D Men and Magic booklet, and I found on page 10 what I was looking for on the last episode. Determination of Abilities. Prior to the character selection by players, it is necessary for the referee to roll three six-sided dice in order to rate each as to various abilities and thus aid them in selecting a roll. Each player notes his appropriate scores, obtains a similar roll of three dice to determine the number of gold pieces, dice score times ten he starts with, and then opts for a roll. So there it is, three dice for the gold pieces. And then, of course, the interesting observation that has been made by others in the field, so to speak, that the referee was to roll the uh, original uh, various ability scores. Um which I thought was pretty interesting. And that's what a lot of people find interesting, is that it isn't the player, but the referee. And, well, that's a rule that, that, that's a rule that can be uh, dispensed with. And, of course, uh, as we all know, uh, these are just more or less guidelines. So here we are again. Uh, last time I rolled up a character, a fighting woman by the name of Domus the Ominous. And uh, last night I was goofing around and I went ahead and uh, rolled up a companion character, <clears throat> a fighting dude. We'll say this time uh, his strength is only 11 compared to her, 15. But he does have a high dexterity of 14, which gives him a, uh, a plus one bonus when it comes to missile fire attacks. I forgot to note that on the little index card. Yes, I'm using index cards for character sheets. Why? Because it fits in the box much easier. Plus one missile fire. So he's going to need to, he's going to need to have some type of a missile fire weapon. And uh, interesting name for him though, Hork of the Arid Wastelands. H O R K Hork. Sounds like a Ren and Stimpy show name. And I of course got that name from Xenopus Archives, which is a really cool little website. You should check it out. Mainly deals with Holmes D and D, which is. <laughs> Maybe a plank length away from, in distance away from, uh, from the original D and D. Hork of the Wasted Lands. Two characters brought together by the roll of the dice. So yeah, so this will be the tale of Domus the Ominous and Hork of the Wasted Lands, both first level fighters. Hmm, how did they meet? Well, I got some really cool dice here. They're called Rory Story Cubes. 
And, uh, golly, I, di- I really didn't think this would turn into a podcast about a solo play, but, oh, uh, well, whatever. Um, so I'm going to roll them. I'm going to pick three at random. And I got, uh, let's see, I got uh, this little dude that looks like a, a fairy, a little dude with wings, a question mark, and a puzzle piece, or a, yeah, a puzzle piece. So, okay, I'm going to say that the uh, uh, they were brought together by, maybe it was a some type of a fairy creature, fairy being. A uh, magical fairy being of questionable motives. We'll just say that. And he brought them together. Yeah, while they were out in, in the woods asleep, he he shoots a... Uh, uh, he spikes their drink, spikes their canteens, and now they've been brought together to solve a mystery, a puzzle. All right, so that doesn't give me a whole lot. Maybe I can... Gives me a start though. I've got a little book called Table Fables 2, The World Builder's Handbook by Madeline Hale. And it's a pretty interesting little book. Uh, it has uh, on page starting at page nine is the first section that deals with quests. So I'm gonna roll a, a two ten-sided die. Actually, I've got a 20-sided uh, zero through nine. I'm not using the ten-sided die, folks. I'm I'm trying to be as pure as I can be, because uh, as we all know, the ten-sided die did not come with the original polyhedron set, uh, bag of bag of dice. Yeah, well, we can talk about that later. So I'm going to roll here and sixty-four. Let's see what sixty-four says. Sixty-four. A high-ranking noble tasks the party with delivering a mysterious package safely across the country. Well, that's pretty interesting. Uh, well, that that tells me that we're going to have to use something that was mentioned in Men and Magic, the uh, the first book of the original 1974 Dungeons Dragons, and talks about what you need to play. Yes, it talks about. The Outdoor Survival Game board map, which is really cool. And guess what? I happen to have one. So, yeah, this is going to take their first, these two first-level party members cross-country to deliver a mysterious package. We'll say that this is a a high-ranking fairy noble. He tasks them. So this is kind of a magical, maybe a quest. A a high-ranking noble fairy would probably have him. He might have that spell. Quest or geese, I guess it would be. Regardless, that's what they're going to have to do. So I am going to take a break and search in my Avalon Hill game collection for the outdoor survival map and I shall return. I have found the outdoor survival board with a cool map on it. It's got mountains, it's got rivers, it's got 
Oh, it's got little villages, little towns. So the, okay, back to the adventure. We have the map. We have something to identify the party using a little yellow marker. Plastic token from some other game. And so the, the quest that these two, Domus the Ominous and Hork of the Wasted Lands, these two fighters, <clears throat> they... They were visited and fed some magic mushrooms or, or something like that, I guess, by a, by a high-ranking noble fairy creature. And he has uh, geezed the party into delivering a mysterious package safely across the country. So we're going to interpret that as being from one side of the map to the other. We're going to go from south to north from the cabin the number six, which will be a village all the way up to the, that's at the very bottom, all the way up to the top, which is number eight. And <clears throat> there's at least, oh gosh, there's the possibility of mountains, the forests, uh, other villages, uh, potential castle encounters. Anywho, they're going to have to make it up to the north. And so uh, in order to do that, you have to look in the third book, which is... Uh, <clears throat> Oh, what is the third book? Found it around here somewhere. There it is, The Underworld and Wilderness Adventures. And it talks about, essentially, the wilderness travel game. And so the home base basically will be down at the bottom. The destination hex will be up at the top, which is the little cabin. The cabins are villages. The... Uh, let's see, there are little ponds or water basins. The water basins are castles, and then everything else is just a terrain, pretty much. And then, of course, there's a limit on how far you can move. These two uh, are equipped, <clears throat> and I'm going to say that that the uh, the fairy noble... Uh, gave has given them some magical edible berries that will sustain them, kind of like the uh, you know the elves have their special food. You eat a berry and and you've got enough uh, energy to last the whole day. That way, I don't have to worry about counting um, <clears throat> counting rations or anything like that. And. Our fighting dude, he didn't start out with very much money at all, 60 gold pieces. So he's hes packing some leather armor, a backpack, a water skin, a short bow with some arrows, and a dagger. That leaves him with one gold piece, I guess for bribes or something like that. And so we're going to start out rolling some dice here, maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe we're just going to move. We're going to move this... Uh, I'm going to move somewhere up. Uh, first day, we're going to head we're going to head north. Uh, straight north. Clear lands all the way up to the foot of some mountains. So we're going to go... Uh, how do we move? How do you move in a, this outdoor survival board? Hmm. Well... Let's see. 
Mountains and swamps cost three movement per hex. Crossing rivers is three movements per hex. Woods and deserts are two. Oh, hmm. So there's rules for getting lost. And at the end of the day, check for wandering monsters. All right, so we're going to go, uh, let's see, we, I think we start out with a base of six. One, two, three, and then three movement per hex in mountains. So they're going to go into the mountains here and finish the day. And we're going to check for uh, wandering monsters. So that's a die roll at the end of the day. We roll a die and I roll a d6. And on a six, it is a six. We have a monster. Oh, all right. Sounds like there might be a battle coming up on their first day of their quest. Okay, after a short break where I had to text my wife, I have returned your your buddy the dice bro. So, okay, all right, we're in the mountains now. The, the southernmost mountains north of village number six, town number six. It's just kind of a little rinky-dink town in the middle of nowhere on the edge of the country. And our wonderful little party is composed of two fighters. One has a bow, and they have encountered a creature. So we have to figure out what, what we're going to do now. Uh, I'm going to make a ruling here. These are two first-level characters. They're low on hit points. Uh, it's their first time out, so the the deities of this little dimension have decided to go a little easier on these folks. I know everybody's like, "No, kill them!" Well, they might die. You know, you just don't know. Let's let's roll a, an eight sided die and, and see. Uh, we'll, we'll check the monster level tables uh, in the reference sheets. Uh, the first level will be. Uh, their first encounter will be with spiders. So, hey, <laughs> how many spiders are they going to encounter? Well, that's a good question. Um, these spiders, well, they're going to be giant spiders, of course. And I say it's one, one to three. So I'll roll a d6. Uh, I roll a two. So they encounter just one giant spider. Now we have to decide how far away the giant spider is and whether or not either the spider or the group or maybe both have been surprised. So the distance, well, I guess first we'll check for surprise. Uh, roll a d6 for each party concerned. This will be for the party, and they roll a 1. So the party is surprised by the spider. The spider is not surprised. The distance uh, is... Hmm, 10 to 30 yards, 1d3 times 10. So distance is 10 yards. They're pretty close when the spider jumps out at them. Now this is in the mountains. It's a mountain spider, probably some type of a wolf spider that has a trap or the ground spider of some sort. Uh, and so it's going to get a free attack, I would imagine, um, unless the group can evade. There are evasion rules. Can't want, you don't want to forget those. And, of course, it's a, it's a wandering spider. They will pursue. I'm going... Um, it doesn't say what the odds of pursuit are, but I'm just going to say that this spider has a 1 to 5 chance of pursuing. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, 5 out of 6 chance of pursuing. 
That means that if it's um, if I roll a six, the spider has recently eaten, and uh, it's not interested in pursuing these two folks who will definitely try to evade if possible. They are surprised. Hmm. However, there is a rule. This is if monsters gain surprise, they will either close the distance or attack. Hmm. Surprise gives the advantage of a free move segment. Whether to flee, cast a spell, engage in combat. I'm reading some rules that I wrote up. It may not be in wilderness, the wilderness adventures. It may be right out of them, though. Um, well, I'll just consult. I've got plenty of time here. It's not like I've it's not like I've got people sitting here waiting to go home, bored out of their minds. If you're listening to this uh, podcast and you're not bored yet, well, <sighs> cheers. Ah, uh, the wilderness. Hmm. Yeah. Wandering monsters. We've selected our monster. Evading. This action is a function of the size of the party of adventurers and the number of monsters. Modified by surprise, terrain, and comparative speed. Use the following table as a guideline. Party size. Either mounted or on foot. One to three. Well, we have two members. And the number of monsters encountered by the party. 25% or less of the possible number. Well, we have one, so I'm going to say uh, that we're going to use that. That it's going to be less than 25% of the possible number of spiders. And the chance of evading these spiders, it says 50%. Surprise by the party, by a party, means that the evasion chances are doubled. Surprise by monsters negates all chance of evasion unless the party is able to use some form of magic, which we don't have, or the terrain is woods, which we don't have. All right, there we go. So there will be no evading the spider. Um... So, stats for the spider. Yeah, gonna have to go to, to the book two, Monsters and Treasure. And we look in here. <laughs> sure enough, giant spiders are left out. We have large insects or animals, number appearing, two to 16 in armor class. Movement, hit die, percentage in lair, and the treasure types are all variable. Which means that I put on my referee hat and I will make some rulings here. Grab a little index card and we will decide how we're going to do the spider. So we're going to just say that the spider's armor class is a... Uh, I like the number uh, six. So... It's going to take a 13 or greater to hit the creature. It's going to have one hit die. And number of hit points will be, roll the d6, three hit points. And it's a fast spider, fast-moving spider. So we're going to say that it is... Uh, hmm. I'm going to pick move in inches. We're going to pick 18. It's as fast as a... Eh, it's not as fast as a horse. We'll say 12. 
and we're not going to say it's got any treasure. I'll say it's 10% chance of a random uh, treasure, 10% chance of treasure nearby, maybe on a victim, a past victim. Okay, so there we go. So which, uh, what are we going to do now? Is there, do we, we go from, well, it's surprise. He's within 10 yards. That means he's going to be able to attack. So who's going to attack? We'll roll it randomly. Uh, on a one to three, it'll be Hork. It's a three. Hork is attacked. And Hork's armor class, eh, it's not very good. It's 12. I'm sorry, it's leather armor, so it's it's armor class 7, which will require a 12 to hit by this uh, one-hit die monster. And we roll a 20-sided die. It's a 6. That means the monster misses. Surprise round is over. And we've got a decision to make. Run away or fight. I think these two are just going to have to fight. So Hork draws his sword and attacks. However, we got a roll initiative. So, mm, Spider gets the initiative. Attacks Hork again. This time rolls a seven and misses. And Hork strikes back, rolling a one. His better half, the, uh, the fighting lady, Domus, Domus the ominous sheep, has drawn her sword. She attacks, rolling a seven. Hmm. So everybody's missing, missing, missing. Spider attacks again. Attacks Hork. Ah, rolling a 14 this time. Bites Hork. He takes two damage. He's not dead yet. By the way, Hork has five hit points. Domus has... Uh, Domus has what? Four hit points. All right. Spider bite. Eh, need a save versus poison. Probably so. Orc rolls a 17. I believe that is a save. We'll just consult the ref sheets real quick to make sure. If you look on the ref sheets, that's a few pages in, but it's fighting fighting men at first to third level. Need a 12 or higher uh, for poison. He rolled a 17, so he makes his poison save. All right. Well, so uh, Doris and Hora, uh, Doris... Not Doris. Domus. I'll keep wanting to call her Doris. I'm just going to change her name to Doris. That'll be Hork's fault. So Hork and Doris, they, um, they're really uh, livid now, and so they attack. Uh, Doris rolls a one. Hork rolls a five. Oh, man, they're just doing... Awful. The spider tries to bite again. Rolls a 16 and bites Hork. This time, six points of damage and Hork is dead. Now Doris has has a choice to make. She's got, uh, well, we're going to let the dice consult. Now she's lost 50% uh, of her party to this giant spider who's taken no damage and she has not been able to hit this thing. Ah. <sighs> On a one through three, she's going to fight. On a four through six, she's going to run and let the spider uh, consume Hork's remains. 
She is, after all, neutral, right? So, all right. She rolls a three, so she stays and fights. All right. This could be a quick game. She rolls a 17. She hits the spider. She does three damage, and the spider is dead. So, Doris. Doris the Ominous. Also known as Domus. Domus the Ominous. She has slain the spider, which took the life of Hork. There's a 10% chance that she finds some treasure. And she does not. I rolled a 2 on a d10. So, all right. She wipes her blade clean and picks up the what she can off of uh, Hork's body. Yeah. Is she going to give him a burial or is she going to continue on? Hmm. She's got a decision to make here. Uh, does he have anything that she wants? She'll probably take his short bow and arrows. Yeah. Even though she doesn't get a dexterity missile fire bonus, she does need a missile weapon. And she'll take his dagger. Uh, extra water skin doesn't hurt. And she will dig a very, very shallow grave for Hork, say a prayer to the deities, and will be on her way. Well, that was fun. Day one, uh, Doris the Ominous sets up camp and tries to uh, find a place to hide in the mountains. And she'll begin day two with a roll to see if she is lost. Let's see how that works. Day two. At the beginning of the day, check if the party is lost. Hmm, she's in the mountains. And so, there, uh, according to the Underworld and Wilderness Adventures Guide, she will... Bear with me, folks. Where, where is that? Ah, oh, yes, on page 18. Becoming lost. In the mountains, she will be lost on a one or a two. <laughs> Wandering monster encounter on a four to six. Interesting. Okay, I thought it was just a six, but it's, it's in the mountains. All right, so this morning she wakes up. She rose a five. She is not lost. She will now move out of the mountains. One, two, three, four, five, six. <coughs> she lands on a hex that is right on the outskirts of a desert, but within two hexes from a castle at the base of a chain of mountains. Hmm... Will she attract the inhabitants of the castle? Well, there's a special rule for that, of course. And we have to determine whether or not... I think we have to determine whether or not the inhabitants of the castle will be hostile. Travelers, and uh, 
course, the inhabitants are determined at random. Um, occupants of these castles will venture out. And I'm reading from page 15 of the uh, third book, Underworld and Wilderness Adventures. Occupants of these castles will venture out if a party of adventurers passes nearby. If passing over a castle hex, there is a 50% chance they will come out. If uh, one hex away, uh, there is a 33 and a third percent chance. If two hexes away, which we are two hexes away, there is a one out of six chance that they will, the occupants will venture out. Hmm. So, she wants to try to avoid this castle if at all possible. Because, uh, could very well be that the inhabitants of this castle are hostile. However, we're going to check real quick and see if the uh, occupants of the castle have been alerted to your presence nearby. And we roll a one. So, yes, they have. Hmm. Castle inhabitants. Well, let's see what we got here. Patriarchs. Strike that. Let's go back. If a party is on the castle hex and hails the castle, which we're not, the occupants will always come forth. If the party is not obviously very strong and warlike, well, that's definitely our Doris. Patriarchs are always lawful, and evil high priests are always chaotic. Eh. All other castle inhabitants will be either hostile to the adventurers on a die of one to three, or neutral on a die of four to six. So, we want to find out if they're hostile. A six. They are neutral, not hostile. So, what do you do now? There's all these tables to determine who the occupant is, uh, who the guards slash retainers of the castle are, how many, uh, the chance of having a magic user, uh, what they'll do. So, the way I have dealt with this in the past... I have found there's a really great little we website called, and I know it sounds funny, Mr. Josh Bear. Just Google it. M R J O S H B A B E A R dot net. And go there, Mr. Josh Bear dot net. And there will be some uh, random tools. Uh, tables that this uh, Mr. Josh Bear was kind enough to put in place online. And there is a little button called Castle. I'm going to press it. And the name of the castle is Dawnhold Castle of the Necromancer Emony the Strong. Ooh. And we've got... Emony the Strong is a 10th level magic user. Female. She is chaotic. She has a wand of metal detection, a spellbook with a hoe with buku spells. Uh, and then six manticores, uh, one level five fighting man, and 140 men at arms. So, will they, being neutral, not hostile, come out? and try to capture her or meet with her in some way? Hmm. That's a good question. 
Well, we'll consult the rule book again and we'll take a look and let's see. Page 15 castles. Hmm. I have a note here that they will only pursue if they are hostile. Hmm. <laughs> Might be a good time to take a break. All right. Hey, we'll be back. I've enjoyed your company, and hopefully you've enjoyed mine. Dice Bro is out. And we'll see you in episode four when we can determine what to do about the castle inhabitants. At least we know who it is. Mm -hmm.